welcome. Episode number 23, the Coffee of Joffrey podcast. Now, in today's episode, we're talking about back to school. We're looking a little bit more at child development when it comes to sport, physical education. So I got James Bedford on, who is the director of sport at Kings Albasha here in Dubai. And we spoke a little bit about, you know, the direction of school sport, um, I understand that there's probably a lot of parents that listen to this one as well. So we wanted to kind of delve in and just uncover, you know, the differences between, you know, competitive sport in schools, physical education, extracurricular activities. And James is obviously at the the heart of that being the director of sport. So I wanted to get his take on things and maybe some issues that he sees or, you know, just a general idea of what's happening with sport in schools. We kind of touched on this one. We didn't go into too much detail um, because we thought that we could probably open this one up, you know, providing that uh, people like the content of this one, potentially we go in and talk in a little bit more depth and uh, specialize it more um, in terms of child development and child support. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Take a listen, let me know your thoughts, and I'll speak to you soon. All right, welcome, James. How are you doing? Uh, not bad, mate. Not bad. It's a very busy start of the term, but yeah, all good. All should good. we should we sit here and pretend this isn't take two? Or? Uh, I wasn't told we were going to mention <laughs> that, but you have now, so yeah, this is take my, two. My mistake, anyway. Um, okay, so back to school, talking a little bit more about sports. You know, kids in school, I wanted to get uh, James on to, he's the director of sport here at Kings Albasha in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just give us a little bit more about your role? Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, director of sport at, at, at King's School Albasha, large sporting program here, which is um, is growing every year. Um, you know, probably similar to a lot of heads of sport in in the city, in the respect that uh, it's football in term one, it's netball in term one for primary. There's a swim season that we need to get teams together for. Um, we have a parent body that we need to communicate to and liaise with, and and you know explain why we do what we do and, and when we do uh, certain sports, etc. Um, and then I have a role with the DASA organisation as well. So I, I help put together uh, boys' core seasons for uh, football, and cricket and basketball and oversee uh, the select team. So this year, well, we actually started last year, um, select team. So it, for instance, your county and your district teams, which is quite new, but um, it's yeah, a useful addition to the programme. Yeah, so we, we were actually chatting and the reason we wanted to, like, we were just generally talking about, you know, youth development and things like that. And one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast is, I guess, to try and enlighten parents a little mm-hmm. bit more and help them out in terms of what's going on in schools. And, you know, because there's so much on offer in terms of what you offer as a school, but then also obviously like the um, extracurricular stuff as well. So what is kind of like the main differences in terms of, you know, PE in school and then, you know, trials and extracurricular stuff as well? Yeah, I think um, you've you've just hit the point on the head there. It's it's about educating the parents and explaining, you know, uh, what provision is out there and what provision the schools offer. Um, you know, we're we're in a a place in the world where there's lots of uh, providers for football academies, swim schools, dance academies, etc., um, and that can be hard for parents to sieve through and make the right decision. So purely from a school perspective, there is obviously the PE curriculum, which should be, as it is in our school, inclusive, engaging, getting kids active, getting them sweaty, uh, raising the heart rate, um, and exposing them to exercise, Okay, which is, is first and foremost. There's then obviously bolted onto the, the, the big private schools here is their competitive program, the ECA program, their club program. Um, 
what we do here at King's is we try and make sure that that program is similar to the uh, curriculum and, and caters for everyone because that is really an entitlement of these parents coming to these schools. Um, so yeah, I think pod, this is the first one I've done and hopefully we can do a few more just to get that message across and educate parents on what, what is school sport in Dubai, what it looks like, because obviously many nationalities here, it, it's very different in different countries. So what's it look like in Dubai? I think that'd be really useful if we could uh, explain that a little bit more. Through yeah, this. One, one, I was always wondering in terms of, you know, a kid in a school, if a parent, maybe they didn't grow up doing sport themselves and they're not necessarily as in the loop and, and know what's going on. How does a parent know or what's the process of it if a kid is good at sport in mm -hmm. maybe PE, maybe they show promising, you know, skills yeah. in cricket or yeah. football. What's the process of them going through to extracurricular, through to competitive sport? Yeah, look, that, that pathway there, it, it, if someone is engaging in PE lessons and, for example, comes home and tells their mum they love cricket, I think the parent then has to, you know, have a look. Is there a cricket club at the school? Is there an ECA they can sign up for? Um, and also the PE teachers, it's not really just on the parents. The PE teachers should be encouraging the students to access that. It's a little bit harder in primary because um, that message might not carry home as easily, but certainly in secondary and when you've got this dropout of, of students in sport, it really is on the PE teachers to make sure the kids are accessing you know, what's available. And then from there, it can be academies, it can be sign up to, to, the, to the, uh, the clubs in Dubai, etc., which have got amazing facilities. So in terms of provision, it's all here. Uh, it's just about accessing it now and finding out what, what sport the kids like. Yeah, I think that's important and like, that's something that you'll probably go over in terms of all the facilities and all of the pathways mm -hmm. are in the schools already. So, yeah. you know, as long as you're you know, going and investigating the schools, right, see mm -hmm. what else they're providing other than just kind of like the PE lessons and the basics. Yeah, and parents do tours of schools. Look, parents, there's always tours around this school. That I'm sure parents do it around other schools. Uh, schools will run tours and, and they'll show you the facility. They'll show you the swimming pools, the, the AstroTurf, the tennis courts which are there um, and it's just down to the the school really and the PE department which I know every school does really well is to maximize that so make sure that there's enough clubs on and, and sometimes clubs start 6 six thirty in the morning yeah. uh, so it is there um, it's just about making sure the kids are aware of that and they're engaged in it um, but that being said it's not just the case of having an amazing football pitch equals amazing footballers it's it's more or less the love of the love of the game you know and, and how the sessions run what is the uh, the ability of the coach how is that coach developing relationships um, and I know we spoke about this when we did it the first time around but it is it's, it's the love of the sport and that's what we've got to encourage in these kids yeah. and the generations coming through now we are competing with iPads and so on so uh, yeah yeah that, I guess that brings me on to my next question was talking a little bit more about you know what's the focus it's obviously going to be different from primary through to secondary but I just guess an overview like the skills and development that are being practiced in what you're preaching as PE teachers as coaches because you know from my point of view looking at obviously in the health and fitness industry mm -hmm. like obesity is a big thing right yeah so how yeah. much does that tie in and then compared to you know fundamental skills in terms of balance coordination and okay yeah so I mean look at there, there'll be certain ages when certain skills are um more appropriate to teach so if you're looking at balance agility coordination um in the primary years if we can nail them there it, it, it stands them in a better you know position going up 
Um, in terms of obesity and, and tackling nutrition issues, that really comes down to education and, and how are we informing the students on what to eat, good decisions, good choices when they go to the canteen, and the parents play a huge part in that as well. Um, so we do do that at a younger age. If I'm honest with you, it's, it's not as uh, prevalent as, as the secondary students, um, but we certainly do drip feed that down into primary and talk about, especially out here, the, the importance of hydration, etc. cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in terms of, let's focus on more like a coach or a PE teacher, how important is that role model um, yeah. within schools? Yeah, uh, I touched on it earlier. It's, it's developing the love of the sport, and that's the, the coach's job. Um, very lucky here. We've got an amazing PE team who are so passionate about sport. A lot of them have played sport to a high level. They live and breathe it. They play of an evening and in teams, etc., um, and you can't fake passion, you know? So th- when these guys are put in front of uh, kids and, and the young adults here, uh, it comes across and that sells. So that enthuses the kids to want to go and use the fitness suite, want to get up early and do some more runs to, to improve the stamina, want to come to football, cricket, swim training. Um, it's, that, it's that relationship between the coach and the, and the player which is, is vital. Yeah, like... Because it's, it's not as easy as just, you know, it, it's like you said, it's that relationship and making kids excited to come mm-hmm. and do the sport. Yeah. Because they probably do have a love for it. That's how they got into it in the first yeah. place. Or if they haven't got a love for it, like developing that skill in things like PE lessons is going to be lifelong, um, yeah. like a love for the sport. How important is a, a parent's role? Uh, equally, if not more important, you know, we, they're going to have a lot more time with them. Um, uh, it, it's becoming a, an area now which is, is more prevalent and, and coaches and teachers are aware of it because uh, the time we have with these kids is not as much as the parents. Um, so parents do have to understand that the, the, the conversations they have, the, the, the knowledge and understanding of youth sport, which is different to adult sport, it's not the same, we can't treat them the same, um, is, is vital in, in the development of that. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying I like to say is uh, kids love to compete, but parents love to compare. So uh, it, it's, quite a, it's quite to the point, but, you know, it's self-explanatory. Parents will, will often come to me and tell me that different schools, different academies, different coaches are doing it this way and they're getting results. Yeah. And it's about educating them that it's not about results, it's the development of the, the player and the person, really. Um, I, think you, I think you nailed that, actually, in terms of, um, you know, you only have a, a certain amount of time with the yeah. with the kids. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. It's what are they yeah. doing outside of that, and that's not to say they have to be practicing their sport, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. Or mm-hmm. you know, other factors come into it as well. Nutrition comes into yeah. it, which we could do another whole podcast on. But all these factors, you know, you're, if you're um, you're a role model for your child as well. Like I said, I don't want to go into too much detail yeah. in this one, but. There, you have a lot of time as a parent, and you can obviously be building up good habits as well. Yeah, and look, it, I'm 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 a, I'm almost a parent of you know a little one on the way, so I'm sure I'm going to have that competitive edge on the sideline. And that's natural. It's natural human behaviour to to want to win. Yeah. And if you've got kids, you want the kids to win. I get that. It's just about um, sometimes the, the the win might need to be sacrificed so bigger lessons are learned or or a development um, is, is more of the focus. 
Um, and that's different with different abilities, different age groups. You know, if you've got a, a senior team who are, who are all very able, then the, the win obviously will become more prevalent there because they've obviously developed that point. Yeah. But if you've got a new team of players who are new to a sport, then um, it's about how you handle that. And that comes down to the skill of the coach. And it's the parent's job to almost trust the coach yeah. with that. You know, like just looking, obviously I work with a lot of people in gyms and things like that. And just looking back through sport can be part of your life forever. Mm-hmm. And you, it's enjoyable, right? It's, it's, not enjoy, it's not necessarily enjoyable going to a gym and spending one hour doing you know, a bit of cardio and some weights. You can go play an hour of sport and it's not even like you're working out and you're yeah. getting the same benefits yeah, from that exactly. as well. So yeah. learning those skills and learning those sports as a kid is just that fundamentals, right? It's this idea that, you know, if you look at the statistics to become a, let's say, a professional Premier League footballer, I think it was at the last look, it was 0.013% of, of, wow. of kids in an academy. It's, it's tiny. Now, if your program is designed around that percentage, then it's you're eradicating the other 97% of students, 99% of students straight away. Um, I do believe that the job of a PE teacher in the, and you know, a sports department in a school is to develop a lifelong learning. I want to bump into a student in 10 years' time and they tell me they still play football, they still play golf, they still go to the gym. Yeah. You know? And then obviously, we don't need to go into it, but we all understand and know the, the benefits of, of a healthy and active lifestyle. I brought this one up with you last time as well, and I always feel smart saying it. The LTAD, LTAD yeah. model, right? Long-term yeah. athlete development. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to just explain that a little bit? Yeah, and this is something I train our staff on here. Um, it's about understanding that uh, if it's almost like a pyramid, and the bottom of the pyramid is your foundation. Um, so it, it, from a school's point of view, it's getting kids in, getting kids playing sports. The more kids that play netball, obviously will have an impact on your top of the pyramid, the elite. Um, but with that being said, it's, it's understanding that kids will enter this pyramid or enter the school at different ages, different stages. You will get a 10-year-old boy who is advanced in football, who's yeah. amazing in football. Um, you could almost put him at the top of the pyramid. Um, and it's how you respond to that in the sessions and so on. Um, it is a model that's been around for a number of years now, and I know it's had its critics, but from a school's point of view, it, it, it's very easy to adapt and and uh, for staff who are certainly new to the region or new to you know private schools and big competitive sco- uh, sports programs it just gives you a, a skeleton to work from and understanding that we have got a job to introduce sport to kids but we've also got the top of the the pyramid if you want as well and we've got to cater for that yeah like obviously the top of the pyramid and you said it before is you know active for life right so even yeah. when they leave school they have all those things that they they not they might not have necessarily got to the elite level of their sport yeah but they've learned things to be able to maybe go and play the sport in a club level or on a social level as well yeah that's just a, it's a byproduct isn't it of a good program that kids leave school they you know they love the sport they love exercise and whether it be for social factors because they like to do it with the friends or they just love the game um, if we can instill that in them in the younger years, then we know they go on to have a, a healthier life. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on a little bit then. So, um, time management and academic pressures. So, like, I keep comparing this to like the coach car style mm-hmm. of, of uh, you know, coaching. Is there, from a PE teacher point of view or from, you know, a director of sport, how much of a point is there to keep up with that academic work and yeah. manage their time better. Yeah, I think this probably links to your industry quite well, isn't it? And understanding how 
pressures of work-life balance can impact their, you know, um, motivation to go and exercise. And we all have that. We all have that. We all have careers. We all have jobs. We all have social lives, families, etc. And it's how you manage that. Um, with the kids in the school, uh, the first point of that is understanding that uh, we can't play all the sports at once. So we have to factor that the seasons need to be spread out over the, over the year. Um, the timetable needs to be spread out across the week. Um, and we make sure that we're not loading up certain year groups uh, pinch points. So for example, GCSEs, uh, as they move towards the mocks and so on. You know, we're not taking them out of class for fixtures. We're not taking them to big tournaments because we understand they've got pressures elsewhere. Um, what we do with our scholars here is we make sure we manage their timetable. So if we've got a few students in the school who are really high-performing athletes, um, and we know that these guys might be getting up at five in the morning to go and do laps in the pool, yeah. uh, we need to make sure we're monitoring them in terms of um, energy levels and making sure they're keeping on top of their grades, etc., uh, and they're not going to have burnout. Um, so that's a little bit more tricky with the students like that, but for the rest of the school and generically, it's just about what we can do by design. In terms of students managing their own time, and I seen this term last week, it was, uh, it was called academic fitness. Okay. So it was this understanding that students need to manage that. They need to understand that they've got to study. They're not just here to play sport, although I think some of them wish they were. Yeah. Um, and they've got to manage that time and it's a really important skill if you can leave school and you can understand how to manage your time you know when, when it's going to be a hard day when it's going to be time to rest when it's going to be time to socialise if they can learn that skill now you know we, we all face these issues don't we yeah you summed it up in terms of crossing over into what I do like that's that's obviously the biggest battle yeah. you know when someone's not able to exercise or they're not on top of their nutrition what's the first excuse is always oh, I just didn't have time mm -hmm. and in reality we all have time yeah. This is, I guess it comes back down to that parent relationship as well. Like, have a look back at what you're doing. Are you actually getting out there and managing to fit in some exercise? To yeah, yeah. And I, I often find parents are better than the teachers at this. I think we will always put sport on. There's always opportunities for the kids to play sport. And there's times when students will sign up to too much. And that's when parents will have a meeting with us and they'll just explain they've noticed changes in behavior yeah. um, or attitude or moods. And then it's like, okay, let's look at how much sport are they doing? What are they doing outside of school? If they sign up to external academies, they have to travel and they've got to, they want to socialize with friends. And then it's just about managing that. And if we can educate the kids on this, um, you know, it's, it's, it's probably another responsibility that we should take on yeah. um, when we're offering all this sport as well. Yeah. All right, mate, let's, um, let's kind of wrap this up then. So I always like to ask anybody, guests who come on for just, a point or something that the listeners can take away and kind of apply today so have you got any for in terms of you know any parents listening in terms of stuff they can take away to start looking at their own children or um i think i think the first time we, we round one of doing this interview i think we discussed this um idea of, of making sure there's dialogue with the pe team or your access and the information i already know that happens um the pe teams will inform the schools of what's available um what I would suggest is, as a takeaway, and I, I touched on this briefly there, is, is this notion that it's um, better players equal better people. And, uh, and trust in sport to carry them through and, and instill values, which, to be fair, uniquely to sport, they can only offer in terms of resilience, developing attitude, teamwork skills. And no other 
subjects can flirt with it and, and almost, you know, sometimes use these buzzwords. But really, if you, if you want your students to develop teamwork, resilience, uh, good attitude, etc., um, sport is the vehicle to do that. So please just get your kids involved as much as they can, access the opportunities which are here, which there is loads of. Yeah, and like like I said before, you've always been really honest in terms of how much the schools can offer. So I guess yeah. if, if you are, maybe you're not sporty yourself and you're, you're not necessarily as clued up on mm-hmm. what, you, what your kids should and should be doing, go and speak to your teachers, go and speak to the directors of sport in the school yeah. and find out what other options there are. Yeah, because every school's got them. Every school's got clubs that run of an evening, run of a weekend. Um, it's amazing out here what they can access, you know. It, it really is good. So it's just about... You know, exposing the kid to, to the different opportunities and seeing what they fall in love with. Perfect. All right. James, definitely going to get you on again. We'll Thank get you. Into a little bit more details. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah.